the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From someone who doesn't know me, it's the prayer of salvation. But here's the great thing. That's how you know God, just through a prayer. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. I don't understand that. That seems amazing. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. I, I want to be covered up with that belt of truth. Help me to walk in truth. I want that breastplate of righteousness. And God, I know this. There's no righteousness in me, so clothe me in the righteousness of Jesus. And by the way, God, my mind is a battlefield, so help me capture every thought as you put on that helmet of salvation. Save me from my own thoughts, God, because the devil is attacking my mind. And so, God, give me that shield of faith so that I'm able to fight him when I don't see the way. Help me to walk in faith. And God, put my feet in the gospel shoes of peace so that whatever this world brings, I'll have a peace that passes understanding. And God, I don't want to just be defensive. I want to be offensive. So put in my hand the sword of the Spirit, your word. Help me to remember your word so that I can make a difference as I walk through this life. You begin to pray like that and see what happens. That's really all Jesus was saying when he gave us that model prayer. He said in Matthew 6, Pray like this, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name, holy be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts. We've also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I wanted to make this practical, so I I went back to something I remember that I learned as a little boy. So thankful that I have a praying mom and I had a praying dad who would bring prayer leaders to our church just to help us understand and teach us the ways to pray. And and, and one, when I was a little boy, said, if you just take that word pray, P-R-A-Y, and you think about the letters that make up that word, it can guide you through prayer. So he said, for example, it begins with praise. Make sure your prayer always begins with praise. That's why Jesus said, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Say, holy is your name. So praise is just telling God who he is and that you love him, that you like him. Last night I watched my youngest son on stage performing a musical and you, you've seen, if you've had children or grandchildren, you've seen what it does when you see them excel. And man, he excelled and it made me so proud. But I didn't want to keep that pride to myself. I wanted to let him know that I thought he excelled. I wanted to let him know that I loved him. That's what praise is to God. It's going to God and saying, God, I know that you're all-knowing. You're, you're omniscient. I know that you're all-powerful. You're omnipotent. I know that you're ever-present. You're uh, omnipotent 
omnipresent God. But God, I know that in my life, you've been the way maker. You've been the miracle worker. You've been the light in the darkness. That is who you are, church. He is saying to God, God, you're my mighty God. You're my everlasting father. You're my prince of peace. You're, you're God who is with me. You're Emmanuel. You're the way, the truth, the life. You're the door. I, I can't enter into anything in this life without you, God. God, you're the beginning and the end of all that is good in me. You're the alpha and the main omega. God, that is who you are. That's praise. And so you just spend some time praising God. And then that R reminds me of the importance of repentance. Because when I sin in my life, it's like clogging the arteries that connect to the heart of God. And so I want to confess. That's why David says, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's why John in the New Testament would say, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. But I don't have to go to a priest or a pastor, thanks to Jesus. I go straight to God and I confess. I repent of my sin. God, I blew it today. I don't like the way I talk to so-and-so, or I don't, I don't, I'm sick of having these thoughts, or, or Lord, I lusted with my eyes, or Lord, I, I, I took another drink, or, or I took another pill, or whatever it is that's coming into your life, I begin to get that right, I repent. And then after that, I ask God for what I need, because now I'm prepared. I've made clear I know who I am and who he is. And then after I ask, what do I do? Jesus said to say, thy kingdom, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, I've now told you what I want, <laughs> but here I am. You're the author and the perfecter of my faith. You write the story. My yes is on the table, but I yield to you. So that's just a model, guys. That's not hard, is it? This means no, this means yes, okay? That's not hard, let me give you another model. I learned this as a child. It's called the ACTS model, A-C-T-S. Starts with adoration. You know what adoration is? That's praise. We've already gone through that. Then you go to confession. You know what confession is? That's repentance. We go through that. Then you get to thanksgiving. We didn't talk about that a while ago, but that's a good thing in praise, just to tell God how grateful you are. The Bible tells us to always be thankful. Then I get to supplication. And supplication is just a theological word that means asking. So in college, I began to apply this. I was a little more physically active at that time, and I would jog. And there was a loop at my college that was one mile. And so I decided I'm going to pray as I run. And I was going to pray this model, and I was going to do each for a mile. And so I first prayed prayers of praise and adoration. And then with a little less energy, I prayed prayers of confession. And I'll be honest. There were times I had to go into the third mile with confession because I wasn't finished. And then I'd pray prayers of thanksgiving. And then if I had any more energy, I could get to the fourth mile. And the fourth mile was when I really began to cry out to God for the needs and the wants in my life. I want you to be a fourth miler, but I want you to go through the process of prayer. Because I believe that's the way God works and he hears us and he begins to show up in our lives in a mighty way. It doesn't matter how you pray, but it does matter that you pray, that you have personal prayer and, and then that you have corporate prayer. Do you know that we give you opportunities to be involved together and pray? Some of you may not realize this, but if you were to ask me, pastor, I can only choose an hour and a half a week. When should I come? I would say show up at 630 on Wednesday night to what we call house of prayer. 
And I don't preach, but we worship and we pray. This Wednesday when we gather at 6.30, we're going to take communion and remember what Jesus has done for us. House of prayer. Do you know every Thursday, Pastor Zach hosts a prayer call? All you got to do is ask him for the phone number. You could get in on that. It's in the morning, every Thursday morning. About six weeks ago, God prompted my heart that I needed to stop expecting him to. I'm looking out at an almost full room today as I say this, that I needed to stop expecting God to do something on Sunday if I've not called the church to cover it in prayer on Saturday. And so a handful of us began meeting right here in this room at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, just as we did yesterday, not preaching, just praying, just seeking the face of God. You could be a part of that. You don't have to be a member. You don't have, it's not a club. You see their opportunities? You want to go to the next level? Pastor Zach leads a prayer team under my leadership that he'll reach out to and call and we'll pray when something big's going on and we just need guidance or wisdom or we need God to work a miracle. Did you know that we want prayers just like Charles Haddon Spurgeon had that were the furnace of that church, that powered and fueled that church, but we can't get people to consistently say they'll pray during a service. Some of you would say, hey, I can come to the second service, but I want to pray in the first service. Where can I go pray? Pray that God's heart would be stirring in in people's lives. Pray that marriages would be healed. Pray that financial freedom would be experienced. Pray that addiction is broken. Do you understand there's power in prayer? And then today we're introducing something that every one of you can do. It's called Bless Every Home. You've got this little card on your seat. Some of you are uncomfortable because you didn't realize you were sitting on it. I want you to take that. It's got a website. You can go to this website and sign up. You can just scan that QR code in the back or sign up. Or you can go to your phone and go to the Apple uh, Play, the Google Play Store or the App Store on your iPhone. And you can download the app called Bless Every Home. What happens when you sign up? You become a light where you live. And it gives you an opportunity every day to pray for your neighbors. Some of you in this room are my neighbors because you live within the 100 or 200 homes that are closest to me. And I pray for you regularly because every morning, five names pop up. I look this morning just to begin to pray through those due. I I get an email every morning. I look to see who they were. You know who the first name on my list today was? It's Kimberly Purvis. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny that I'm telling you this today. That's the first name because we live in our neighborhood. That's kind of a novel thought, but we're there. And so... You know what I did? I gave me an opportunity. I prayed for some of these other names. One of these other names, this lady used to be on staff long before I came to this church. She used to be a part of this church. Now she's physically ill and has been for almost 15 years in a devastating way. So I could pray for Miss Barbara, but I could, I prayed for Kimberly. And, you you know, I just said, thank you, God, for my wife. And I know she's weary this morning and I know she's physically hurting, but God, I thank you for her. And, And did you know that by me praying, I'm becoming a light and fulfilling the mission of this church to shine with the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. And every one of you can do this. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. 
And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. The only reason you wouldn't do this is just because you don't want to. Doesn't cost you anything. You can walk through your neighborhood and pray for your neighbors. You could just look at it on the app or on the email. We want you to do that. My friend Mike Kahn is here. He has a real passion for this to get all the neighborhoods in Tampa Bay prayed for. He's working with the founder of this ministry. He'll be at our Got Questions tent at the close of this service. Uh, Pastor Zach will be there. We want you to get involved in this. That's a way you can make this message practical. Well, I like what Philip Yancey said. He said, prayer, prayer is the act of seeing reality from God's point of view. How are you seeing reality? Now, I can't preach on this, even passionately, without answering a question some of you are asking. Say, Pastor, I think I'm saved. I pray, but I don't think I hear from heaven. I don't know if my prayers are making a difference. What can keep our prayers from working? Because there are some things biblically. Can I just walk through those very fast for you? Number one, we're not praying. <laughs> so that's easy, right? But, but Jesus said, and then the half-brother of Jesus wrote it down in James 4.2, you do not have because you do not ask. We're not asking. Number two, we're not praying sincerely. So we're like what Jesus would call the hypocrites or the Pharisees. And so Jesus said, when you pray, first go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. He says, when you pray, do not heap up empty words. So it, it's not, I, I had a friend when I was growing up, occasionally I would hear his dad pray and his dad was just a good old country boy. But when he prayed, it was like he felt like he had to use these big theological words that he never used in his life. Jesus says, don't do that. Just be sincere. Max Lucado, he says this, he says, God likes to chat in the closet. He is low and fancy, but high on accessibility. Maybe it's because we're praying selfishly. We've not gone through that pattern of prayer. And so we're like what's said in James 4, 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. It's all about you. Maybe it's because we're praying for show. Again, Jesus talked about the hypocrites in Matthew 6, 5. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who stand and just want people to hear them talk. Maybe it's because we're praying while we're sinning. Do you know in Psalms it says in 66 and verse 18 that if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Remember, sin clogs the arteries that give you a pathway to God's heart. So the first prayer you need to pray is a prayer of confession. Maybe it's a, rec a relationship issue. If you're unreconciled in relationships, I'm telling you, your prayer don't have the power. Matthew 5, 23 says, if you're offering your gift to the altar and remember that your brothers has something against you, leave the, altar before, leave the gift before the altar and, and be reconciled to your brother. And, and this is an important one. If you're married, 
And I think it applies both ways, by the way, but listen to what it says in 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you to the grace of life. Then it says, does anybody know this? So that your prayers will not be hindered. If you're married, or you ever hope to be married, just know you don't treat your spouse right. It affects your prayer life. That's sinful. It's not me, that's scripture. Or we're just stubborn. Proverbs 28, 9 says, if one turns his his ear away from hearing, so you don't like the truth when you hear it, (laughs) you just say, thumb your nose to it. You're turning your ears away. It says, even your prayer is an abomination. Or we're not praying in the spirit. Remember, Paul says in Ephesians, pray in the spirit at all times. Chapter 6, verse 18. Or we just stop praying. You give up. Luke 18, 1 says, He told them a parable to the effect that they ought to pray and not lose heart. Well, the last reason that I believe your prayers may not be answered is just you're not saved. Um, maybe you've gone through the religious motions and you're, I don't know, you got a, you got a list behind your name. You've been Baptist and Catholic and Methodist and Episcopal and Lutheran, Assembly of God, Presbyterian, non-denominational, I miss anything, Episcopal. Or you've gone through a bunch of rituals, like you went to church class or first communion or you raised your hand one day or you said a prayer or you were dipped in a baptistry. But you know you've never begun or you've never been changed. And if that's never happened, you're... you're God has the right to say the only prayer I want to hear from someone who doesn't know me is the prayer of salvation. But here's the great thing. That's how you know God, just through a prayer. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. I don't understand that. That seems amazing. But that, that's why we can celebrate Kahari today. That, that's why today we celebrated another in the earlier service who gave their life to Christ because you don't have to have all the knowledge of the Bible to come to Jesus. You just got to cry out to him in prayer and say, God, I'm ready. And some of you need to do that in a minute. Oh, there's so much more I could say, but let me just say this. We may not always see the answer to our prayers but God always answers our prayers just like he did for Dr. William Leslie in 1912 he went to the Congo as a missionary he served for 17 years in the tribal region and like many on the mission field he left thinking he had not made any difference at all He died just nine years later. 1912, he went there. In 2010, a team led by Eric Ramsey, another mission organizational, went to that same part of the Congo where Dr. Leslie was stationed. And they found an amazing discovery. There were Christians in every village. And there was a church planting movement, planting churches in every village. And there were churches that had choirs that gathered to worship God in every village. And they didn't expect to find that 
And yet when they did the research, every one of those movements of God was traced back to this man who had died 84 years earlier thinking God didn't answer his prayers. My God answers prayers. How would your world be different 30 days from now if you walked away today committing to being a person of prayer? How would our church be different? Who would be in heaven 30 days from now or headed to heaven 30 days from now if you were committed to praying for those around you that don't know Jesus? So here's where I am. I think we've got to make a decision. If we don't believe what this book says about prayer is true, why pretend to hold on to anything else it says, right? Why would we? Do we just pick and choose the things we think it says is right? But if what the Bible says about prayer is true, and I am a follower of Jesus, why would I wait another moment to become a person of prayer? That's the question you need to resolve today. Let's pray together. I'm going to ask us to do something a little differently. If you are a Christ follower and you know that, and the Holy Spirit of God is working in your life and leading you to respond in some tangible way to this, I want to give you an opportunity we've not been able to do for over a year. I want to invite you to take a posture of prayer in this place of prayer and just spend some time with God committing to Him. So, in this room... I'm going to invite you, if if you're physically able, some of you just want to come to where the stage is and kind of kneel and make it your prayer altar. In this carpeted area, some of you have plenty of room. You may just want to turn around in your seat in the back of the gym. Probably it's hard on your knees. Some of you may want to come down to where it's carpeted. And I'm going to invite you to do that right now. Christ follower, God's working in your heart. People are coming right now. I'm going to invite you to make this a moment of prayer. And take it seriously. Just say, God, I'm I'm tired of playing games in this area. I want everything you've got. That's kind of where I am, guys. God, I don't want to miss out on anything. I don't know how it looks. It's all going to be with the biblical understanding. I'm not going to contradict your word. But I don't want to miss out on anything you've got through prayer. Men and women of God, boys and girls all across this room are doing that. Maybe you're watching at home. You hung in there and... Maybe you would just stop where you are and just kneel where you are and pray as a Christ follower. But just as somewhere in the last service, there are some in this room that you've never begun a relationship with Christ. I told you I was going to come back to you. This is that moment. You need to pray that prayer of salvation. There's no magic prayer. But as surely as I understand Scripture, if you don't have a relationship with God, 
and you were to die today, you would spend forever separated from him in a place called hell. And he, nor I, nor anyone you know wants that. So you need to cry out to him for salvation. And the great thing is that's pretty easy to do. You got to acknowledge that you need him because you're a sinner. You got to believe that he did what he did because of that to give you a way out to provide your punishment. And then you've got to turn to him. You're turning from a life where you've been in control and you're turning to him. And you can tell him that in your own words right now, or you could pray a simple prayer like this. Just pray this. Say, dear Jesus, I know I need you. I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I believe you died for me. And Jesus, I know you're alive. So here I am. This is the moment, once and for all. I'm turning to you. I want the real thing, God. I want to play games. I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. I want to know your power. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.